listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. A reading from Isaiah chapter 40. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows upon them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name, because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And now a reading from Mark chapter 1. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came back and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. And he answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. So... Uh, first, I just want to say a, a couple of things, even before I get started. I, I'd gotten this text just now that said, um, we, we have folks watching uh, on the live stream right now from Oklahoma, from Maine, from Texas, from Alabama, from North Carolina, and Kentucky. That's, that's pretty amazing, I think. Like, uh, you know, there are a lot of things that I really hate. Most everything I actually hate about covid I was going to say there are a lot of things I hate about COVID. I hate most everything about COVID. But even, you know, Paul will say that God works all things for the good. That doesn't mean everything is good. That means God can take anything and make something good out of it. 
So even something as, as horrible as a pandemic, which would hurt our bodies and hurt our economy and hurt our relationships, it still kind of created something that we might not have had otherwise, a kind of a connectivity by distance. And I'm, I, am, I am grateful for that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say was, I don't know if you happened to be awake this morning around 5 o'clock, or if you weren't, I'm, I'm amazed that you made it through that. I'm not sure what it was like at your house, but I, I've heard some pretty loud thunder cracks and seen some pretty amazing thunderstorms. I mean, it's part of what, you know, living in Central Florida is kind of all about, but that was an amazing one, I think. I mean, that was, that was really something. Um... This season that we're in, this series, The Gospel Truth, is about epiphany. Epiphany, literally, the word just means for a light to shine upon. It's a, it's a revelation. Um, there's a scene from an old movie, uh, Hook, where Dustin Hoffman plays Hook and Robin Williams plays Peter Pan. And at one point, uh, the Captain Hook's first mate, Shmee, kind of has a great idea, and he announces, I just had an apostrophe, <laughs> which is pretty funny, right? <clears throat> so epiphany can simply mean to, for, for, the, for an idea or a solution to kind of dawn on you, right? For something to dawn on you means that the, the idea is kind of new, like the, the, the early morning dawn when the sun comes up. And it's like the idea or the revelation is dawning like the sun. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. And in the, in the Christian season of Epiphany, it starts the first Sunday, which we celebrated a few weeks ago, kind of remembers the baptism of Jesus. The baptism of Jesus was a revelation. Jesus comes up out of the water, at, we're told in Mark's gospel, and he sees the heavens torn. And he hears the voice of God saying, you are my son, the beloved one, and you I am pleased. That's a revelation, right? The last Sunday of Epiphany, which will be next week on February the 14th this year, interestingly enough. Next week we'll end this series and it celebrates, it commemorates the, the transfiguration where Jesus goes up on a mountain with Peter, James, and John and he, he's kind of transformed into a figure of light. And the disciples see Jesus and Moses and Elijah kind of, kind of bearing witness to Jesus. And again, a voice comes from the cloud. This is my son. <laughs> Listen to him. Do what he says. So those, those are wonderful kind of epiphany stories. And sometimes an epiphany, again, could just be generally a revelation or a good idea. But there's a particular type of epiphany. Like when we say epiphany in, in Christian circles and church circles, we're talking not just about a revelation about, you know, some good idea. We're talking about a revelation of God. So <clears throat> there's a particular type of epiphany that is sometimes called a theophany. So it's like light being shined on who God is, like us realizing you know, who, who God is or, or being re God revealing God to us. And of course, that sounds wonderful. And certainly it is. And it can be experienced at those times in our lives 
that are kind of those mountaintop experiences, those major moments, you know, when we're baptized and we remember our baptism, right? Or when we had some, you know, major kind of event in our lives where we feel like God was, was so present. It was, you know, palatable. We could like taste the very presence of God. We could feel the very presence of God. But often, those theophanies, those manifestations of God in Scripture, don't always come to people in the story when things are great. They actually come to people when things are rough. When they're, not when they're having mountaintop experiences, but when they're having these kind of uh, valley experiences. It's in the midst of the night. It's in the dark. It's when they really, really need God. And God shows up. And when God shows up, it's not as though um, it's exactly what people were anticipating. <laughs> so oftentimes God will show up and the general um, emotion that gets expressed in Scripture when, when there is this kind of theophany, this kind of epiphany of God, is often fear. Like people don't know what, you know, the angel of the Lord appeared and everybody falls down, right? Um, the angel shows up to, you know, to Joshua and he's like, oh no, who are you for? Us or them? <laughs> you know, because if this guy's against us, that's bad news. Of course, the angel says, I'm not for either one. I'm the angel of the Lord. I'm not here to squabble with that. But those, those are the experiences, right? And so... One of the best ways to respond to this epiphany is through prayer. And, and I want to say a bit more in, in a minute about what that looks like, because I think revelations of God can come both in great light, which is typically what we talk about in epiphany, but I think revelations of God can also come in the dark. That when we're experiencing difficulty, when there's been a bad diagnosis, when things are troubled at work or at home, when, when we're fatigued with the struggle of it all, that in the dark we can sometimes also experience God, that we can have a revelation of God in those times. And I think, I think those are just, just priceless. Today's Old Testament passage comes from Isaiah chapter 40. And Isaiah chapter 40 is the beginning of that last, say, third of Isaiah, which is addressed not to Isaiah's contemporaries, but to those who would live later, a couple of generations later, to those who would experience the exile. So Isaiah kind of has these two parts, kind of the first Isaiah and second, and it's about the first two-thirds and the last one-third. And the first two-thirds, Isaiah, again, is, is speaking to his contemporaries. He's prophesying to these kings, this Ahaz and Hezekiah. But then in, in Isaiah 38 and 39, the time of Hezekiah is generally very positive. They had a revival. Hezekiah was a godly king, unlike his, unlike his father, who was unfaithful. And so it, it was a good time 
uh, to be Jewish, that the king was worshiping God and called the people to worship God. But at the end of Hezekiah's life, he made some kind of major mistakes. He invited the Babylonians to come and to visit Jerusalem and see the riches of the temple. And Isaiah said, cried foul. He's like, king, I don't know what you're doing, but that was a horrible choice. The Babylonians are going to come and they're going to, you know, destroy the temple. They're going to take its, you know, your wealth. They're going to lay waste to the nation. And Hezekiah is like, oh no. When will this happen? And Isaiah is like, well, it'll happen to your children's children. And then Hezekiah says kind of this amazing thing. He's like, well, so during my time, we will all worship the Lord. And I don't know quite what to do with that statement. Is he, are we to be happy that during the time of this king that they worship God? Or are we to be disturbed by the fact that he seems to be indifferent to whether or not people will worship God in the future, like literally his grandchildren? It seems like he's kind of writing them off a bit. But Isaiah doesn't. Because in the very next chapter, the book of Isaiah no longer speaks to his contemporaries, but will speak to those grandchildren who are experiencing exile, who are experiencing displacement and destruction of life, where life has just kind of utterly been kind of torn to pieces. And unfortunately, it doesn't take a lot for us these days to imagine what that might feel like. This, is, this has been a really, really difficult time, pulling at us in every way, right? So it doesn't take a lot of imagination on our part to imagine what it would be like to be in such horrible situations. But the word of the Lord now comes through Isaiah to those people, and it is a word of encouragement. It starts out the first part of the chapter right before the, the passage that was read, is that whole, a voice is heard crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, which is exactly what the gospel writers recite about John the Baptist announcing the coming of Jesus. And then we get this passage, and I, I love this passage when I was a teenager, that idea that you know, even the youth can grow weary, but those who wait on the Lord shall, shall renew their strength, they shall mount up on wings as eagles, they shall walk and not be weary. They shall run and not faint. That passage is being written to a group of people who are in exile, whose homes had been destroyed, whose country had been destroyed, who had been taken into captivity into a foreign land. Like, if that's not darkness, I don't know what darkness is. But it's in that darkness that the word of the Lord is, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. In the dark, at night, sometimes things get out of, they get distorted, right? They get kind of out of proportion. If, if again, if, if, if you're having difficult times in your life, if, the, you know, the finances and the money doesn't quite, you know, the bills and the money doesn't seem to match. There's too many bills and there's not enough money. 
if there's you know, trouble and turmoil at work or in the home, if you, know, you have a bill, the car's broke and we can't fix it, or you know, God forbid there's some horrible kind of diagnosis and we're kind of you know, just trusting in God, doing our best to trust in God, but sometimes it's easier to trust God in the middle of the day than it is in the middle of the night. But here, in what I think is certainly a middle-of-the-night time in Israel's history, God says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I want to say that to you today. Like we, We've titled the sermon today, Prayers in the Dark. Because I think that's exactly what Israel is experiencing this word. It's not even so much, I guess, a prayer as it is a prophecy. Isaiah is prophesying to them. But I think that instruction that those who wait on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord, my friends, I believe is, is just another word for prayer. It's, it's not necessarily kind of doing something. It's waiting. And it's, it's not just some form of kind of passivity. It's kind of, a, I think, an active form of waiting. It's, it's being aware of God's presence, even if you can't see. <laughs> it's, it's trusting in God's presence, even if you can't see. Even, even in the dark, even if you, you can't maybe imagine how this, could, this situation that you're facing could be resolved. But waiting on the Lord, trusting in the Lord. And those prayers, they come in lots of different ways. And the gospel passage, I think, really underscores this, this phenomenon. Because now we have Jesus. We have God in the flesh. And he's, he's, he's come, they've come back to Capernaum, he and his disciples, and they find out that Peter's mother-in-law is sick. And at least for us who are reading the gospel, that's the first time we found out that Peter had a mother-in-law. <laughs> Peter's married? <laughs> okay. So Peter's mother-in-law is sick, and Jesus goes in, and he heals her. And then she gets up, and she gets to work. And then that verse 35 of, of chapter 1 there, I think, is so important. It says, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, and he went to pray. And then later, his disciples, they're, they're searching for him. And they find him. They say, what are you doing? I think he's been up waiting on the Lord. He's been up in prayer. Man, that's just a, just, just a fascinating thing, the idea that Jesus prays. Jesus prays to the Father. Listen, if Jesus prays, then, then how much more do you think we need to pray? And his prayers are there in the dark. And he says, we need to go on. We, we, need to, we need to get this message out there. We need to go to the other villages because they need to hear 
this good news. And it says that he does that and they heal the sick and they cast out demons. The healing of the sick and the deliverance of those who are oppressed, who are captive. Like that's the good news. That's the gospel truth. But even Jesus doesn't seem to get there without first having those prayers in the dark. And again, I think those prayers can take all, all forms, all shapes. And Paul, again, will say things like this, like Paul will, will talk about when we, when we uh, groan or when we sigh, that, that those sighs that are too deep for words are actually the Holy Spirit praying through us. So if you're hurting, like, I mean, like physically hurting, if your body hurts and you groan, you might just think you're groaning. But know this, God hears that as a prayer. If you're exasperated, if you feel like you're at the end of your, at the end of your rope, and you're worn out, and you just take a deep sigh. Just kind of let it, you know, take in that deep breath and let it out. That, too, can be a prayer. Our prayers can be inarticulate. The Spirit is moving in us, helping us to pray. I think speaking in tongues functions much the same way. I was, a week ago, I was making a little trip um, for the college. And I was driving and praying and thinking. And very unexpectedly, I began to speak in tongues. It wasn't like I thought, well, I'll pray in tongues here for a while. It just kind of happened. And... I don't know what that meant, but I believe it was a prayer. I believe that the spirit somehow, in the same way that the sigh or the groan, that the tongues were, were just that, a prayer. Now, sometimes I think in the middle of the night, you might be inspired to have the words to pray. Like you might know how to pray. <laughs> and if that's the case, then pray. By all means. But sometimes you might not know what to say. There might just be a help, right? Anne Lamott, you know, says that there, there are three prayers all represented by a single word that, that she loves and that can incorporate a lot of prayers. Wow, help, and thanks. Wow, <laughs> that's a prayer. How awesome is God? Thanks. Thank you, Father, for your love and grace and mercy. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your deliverance. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your presence. And help. Help me, God. Help my brother, help my sister, help my mom or dad or... Help my child. 
Help? Well, thanks and help. Not necessarily in that order, but whatever might be happening. The church has also had prayers that they have kind of collectively said. So we have those one-word prayers. We have those sighs and groans. We might have the speaking in tongues. And then we might have our own, our own prayers where, like, just speaking to God in English, kind of just, I don't know, just knowing what to say. The words are there. But prayer, prayer is also not just about talking to God, but listening Listening, waiting. And sometimes, if you're like me, there's not really a sigh that comes out or a groan. I don't even seem to have the one word prayer available to me, <laughs> it's just silence. But even in the silence, God is there. I think sometimes as much can be revealed in the dark as can be revealed in the light. We discover things that we wouldn't have otherwise known. And so we're going to come to a close today with a prayer a responsive prayer, a prayer that has been adapted from kind of the historical church. Um, for those of you who are here, uh, the prayer has is, is been printed and made available for you in your seat. I'll be reading the, the, the words, and then we can all read together the words in bold. Uh, this is available for you who are online or watching the live stream it's in the worship companion if you want to kind of reference it. But we're also going to put it on the screen so you can just participate with it now. So perhaps this is for those of us who are looking for words to say. We can pray these words together. The Lord Almighty grant us peaceful days and restful nights. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord. The maker of heaven and earth. Let us confess our sins to God. Almighty God, our heavenly Father, we have sinned against you through our own fault in thought and word and deed and in what we have left undone. For the sake of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, Forgive us all our offenses and grant that we may serve you in newness of life. To the glory of your name, amen. May, all, may the Almighty God grant us forgiveness of all our sins and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Lord, you are in the midst of us, and we are called by your name. Do not forsake us, O Lord, our God. 
Thanks be to God. Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom, kingdom come, thy, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, hear our prayer. And let our cry come to you. Be our light in the darkness, O Lord. And in your great mercy, defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of your only Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Be present, O merciful God, and protect us through the hours of this night, so that we who are wearied by the changes and chances of this life may rest in your internal changelessness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Look down, O Lord, from your heavenly throne and illumine this night with your celestial brightness that by night as by day your people might glorify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Visit this place, O Lord, and drive far from it all snares of the enemy. Let your holy angels dwell with us to preserve us in peace and let your blessing be upon us always through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Guide us walking, O Lord, and guard us sleeping, that awake we may watch with Christ, and asleep we may rest in peace. Lord, you now have set your servant free. To go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of mine have seen the Savior. Whom you have prepared for all the world to see. A light to enlighten the nations. And the glory of your people Israel. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Guide us waking, O Lord, and guard us sleeping, that awake we may watch with Christ, and asleep we may rest in peace. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.